guys hello ip friends welcome to hashtag ip series with your favorite podcast host rita anwiri chinda now if this is your first time joining us i just want to say welcome hashtag ip series where we have conversations on copyright trademark patent industrial design trade secrets plant variety and geographical indication and for my returning listeners you guys know how we do it here right i mean you guys have been consistent um just want to say i appreciate you guys so as we're rounding up i just want to say thank you for all the plays and the um retweets the likes or for everyone who has ever shared my podcast or listened to it i just want to say thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you guys for everything so yeah if this is your first time please don't forget to favorite or subscribe on any of the platform you're currently listening to hashtag ip series and with that i will be going straight into our conversation for today So for the last three years, I have been doing what I call the hashtag IP series Christmas edition highlights for each year. So I started in 2019, um, where I had about, um, let's see, I had about, um, I did, I had about 10 to 25 IP highlights for that year. I would have loved to run through them, but um, I wouldn't want this episode to be really long. So I started doing this every 25th December. I mean, I was just thinking what I was going to do for the year. Um, how to let people into my own personal world. How I come about with my stories. And the stories that actually stuck out for me. And I just sat down and I put down a couple of cases. So yeah, for the first edition which was published on the 25th. <clears throat> I did that. I had about 16. So yeah, I just went through the post. I had 16 highlights for that year. So if you guys will permit me, I'll just run through them quickly. Then down to the second edition and to the recent edition, which is the third edition. So 2019, we had the, um, so we had the please call me case. We had the Google Oracle case, which also featured in this third edition. Crazy, right? And I had the Della Sage um, case where she asked people. So she had registered her famous um, Kumole design. I don't know how many people followed Della Sage. But she recently, that was that, that year, she had registered the design of her Kumole Candidas um, collection. And she put that... A, an IP notice saying intellectual property notice violation will be pre- violations will be prosecuted and I found that really intriguing because I know I did see a comment where someone was like oh you can't do this you can't just I just had to like you know say something um then another case that stood out for me was the Adidas losing his three stripe trademark battle um at the EU court um and then we had the case of um Sony Music, Universal Music Group, One Music Group, EMI, and three other companies against the cable and other um, internet service providers. So, internet service providers and um, 
the famous blackface against two face um dispute over the song African Queen. So those were the cases that are sort of featured in my highlights. And then image rights, you know, the whole paparazzi is suing celebrities for you know reposting their images that featured in 2090. So you can see that it's a recurring trend that keeps popping up every year. Then in 2020, um, I had the Lady A against Lady A. So Lady A used to be um so Lady A was formerly known as Lady Atebellum. That's the band. Um a countryside band changing their name from Lady Atebellum to Lady A, suing a blues singer called Lady A. Her real name is Anita White, but she had me using the name Lady A for over a decade and you know they tried to buy her off she didn't agree xyz you know how the the whole story goes um then we had uh, another interesting update was having a new world intellectual property organization director general in the person of darren tang um who assumed uh, his function as the dg on the thirty on the first <laughs> on the first of October twenty twenty and it's been wrong for six years so his tenure is going to expire in twenty twenty six. Oh yeah we had also the Nicki Minaj and Tracy Chapman case which I feature the Mark Jaffe on my podcast. You guys should please check out that episode. Um let me get the episode now. So it's um so that was um episode sixteen, um where I had Mark Jaffe come share his thoughts on the Nicki Minaj Tracy Chapman case, where Nicki Minaj had um reached she had reached out to Tracy Chapman saying I want to use um I want to sample um Baby Can I Hold You in my song, and Tracy said she did not give her the authorization, but Nicki Minaj was like okay let me just go ahead and record it I hope she changes her mind, and. Then she went on edge to the DJ, one of the famous DJs in the United States about it. He played it. Tracy found out about it and then they went to court. But Patty still ended up settling out of court. So, you know, you guys can check out that episode to get more dates. Then we had, um, interestingly, we had um, another case that I would like to refer you guys to. In 2020, um, we had the Garrett Bell and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who sued EA Sports over the use of their news, um, their names rather, and images in video games. That's another huge area that you know I've seen a lot of disputes uh, emanating from there. I think two days ago or yesterday, I did see a post where it was stated that Jet Li had been approached um, for them to, you know get his move for the current um the recent matrix um movie and he refused saying that he had seen what the future was going to be like for um for you know celebrities and people like him and he did not want a situation where his moves would be um where his moves would be reproduced in future so i'm trying to read out the post so i don't misquote him so um his reason for turning down the big role in the metrics reloaded and the metrics revolution was um for him he said it was a commercial struggle he realized that americans wanted to film him 
for three months but for him to be with the crew for nine months and they wanted to record and copy all of his move moves into a digital library we know now we're in the digital age so it's easy for anyone to just reproduce your work and then he said at the end of the recording the rights of the moves would go to them that did not sit well with them with him rather so he said um he was worried that the future technology will allow the united states filmmakers to digitally reproduce his moving body and superimpose the face on any actor into it so he was thinking I've been training my entire life and real martial arts could only grow older yet they could own my moves as an intellectual property forever so I said I couldn't do that I mean that's the one that's thinking for when it comes to <coughs> apology when it comes when it comes when it came oh my god I'm so messed up right now okay scratch that scratch that please scratch that scratch that oh my god okay moving on Okay, um, yeah, so we're moving on to another case. So we had the Michael Jordan against the Quadam Sports Co. Limited, who um, in the 90s and the 20s filed a trademark application in China, which included a trademark for a jumping basketball player silhouette logo that bore more than a passing resemblance to the famed Jumpman logo. Um, then we had the... Uh, another case so i'm just trying to like skip through all of the cases and we had the famous tiktok signing exclusive licensing agreements you know the, i mean the pandemic and the lockdown brought up a lot of copyrighted issues so from the djs having their songs being taken down for copyright infringement to artists complaining that people were using their songs without license and creating content on you know the the most famous <coughs> um social media platform right now tiktok then pitbull sound mark registration for i mean that was crazy guys and that blew my mind and reading the article about that um <clears throat> i know they said it took them about 18 months to actually get the registration for that so you you know there's some sometimes when you hear the grigo yell and you're like oh so he's being featured but then you don't hear his voice that's like a sample so that's that's the way for um artists to you know commercialize their creative work uh i did a post on that dated 21st april 2020 so you guys can check that out um then we had the issue of the nigerian government issuing a new regulation prohibiting exclusivity of sporting rights in nigeria stating that for so for instance now um dstv has the super sports license broadcasting sports broadcasting license to you know stream um football matches premier leagues and then the nigerian government is saying oh you have to sub license that right to people like nta and the rest of them and that's i mean people weren't really having it and then we now had the nbc code the sixth edition you know, so it felt like there was a lot of clamp down on the creative space. It is, and we know that sports broadcasting rights are freaking expensive. And then we had the famous Cynthia Morgan case, um, not understanding contracts. We had the Kanye West rant. I mean, that I think that was like the highest tweet ever. Then I did a side, um, a side, you know recording on intellectual property rights that exist in video games and the synchronization rights or licensing so because we had the um, 
um, two Nigerian artists that were featured in the FIFA 21. Their soundtracks were actually featured. Their songs were featured as part of the soundtrack for the FIFA 21. So we had um, Fireboy, DML, <coughs> and um, I think Rema. Yeah, I think Rema. So I did something on that. You can listen to the podcast um, version. That's episode 14. <laughs> So, yeah, so we're heading straight down into 2020. I know we're going down memory and to tell you how far I have come. Uh, and, and I'm really grateful for everyone who has ever, you know, taken their time to like, retweet. I always look out of my impression and I'm amazed at what you guys are doing, um, you know. So, yeah, let's get into 2021 IP series Christmas edition highlight for 2021 i think i'm repeating 2021 again but i guess i'm just excited because you know it means that we are building up into our fifth anniversary so this is something that i want to be a long-term goal so maybe with time we'll have the live um sessions where i have people come on you know we just have that interaction um but yeah that's something i have to sit down and really think it through Okay, now drum rolls as we start the 2021 IP highlights. Okay, sorry. Okay, now let's get into it. So I had about 20 cases this year and I was even amazed. I think there were a lot of interesting cases that really stood out for me this year. And I, I did not know how to, you know, um, cut the list. I even had to scrap out a few. Because I, I saw it was almost getting like 25. I was like, no, 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 no. So, yeah, number one um, on my list for this year um, is the um, is the non-fungible token. That's the NFTs. NFTs have been like the buzzing word for 2021, which I consider to be like post-COVID incentive for creatives. So, I did see a, a an article or a post yesterday or day for yesterday where someone was saying NFTs for hustlers and I kind of like you know just thought about it because now we're having NFTs disputes where people can actually mint um you know mint images of you without your consent. I know Beckham's is uh or Hems either Beckham's or or Hems are actually fighting someone about that because the person basically uh, minted um a virtual um luxury brand and they were not having any of it they even went as far as se- sending him um his so his his hems so meta Birkin's creator says he receives this and this is um from hems and he's you know relying on the fair use principle now the fair use principle is an um, american principle whereas for nigeria we apply the fair dealing um principle i think i'm switching it no 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 no. fair use fair dealing yes fair dealing is for the u.s fair use is for nigeria yeah um and 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 this is one of the issues and i did see another post on twitter where um this lady said someone was had uh, minted uh her picture that another photographer had taken over and she was not impressed she did not like it and you know the conversations just kept growing and brewing from there <clears throat> and i and i just thought to myself 
it's so it's supposed to be like an easy way out for people but then i guess people are not taking advantage of um you know the virtual reality platforms and stuff like that and you know the conversation are just going to keep coming and coming so i i had stated that um if you intend to you know commercialize or resell or expect someone else's uh, nfts or in this instance that you want to mean someone else's picture or image about them you have to get consent permission authorized i know that's very important when we're talking about intellectual property get a license it could be an exclusive license it could be a non-exclusive arrangement and also what people need to know about nfts is that it is an intangible asset it can that means it can be sold um, it can be assigned, it can be licensed, but in this case, where the um, in this case, the buyer only has the property right. That means you only own the property of what you bought. You don't own the 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 rights that was expressed in that property that you actually bought at the end of the day. So that does not make you the owner because there was no rights transferred. And we know IP gives exclusive rights to the owners of the works. Uh, major IP is that. Um, you know we, you would find to be common in the nft space would be copyright design right trademark patent and maybe just maybe trade secret so that's it for my first highlight for 2021 so highlight number t- two is the biggest stadium naming rights deal um, that took place last month uh, which saw crypto.com buying the naming rights to the Los Angeles Lakers Stables Center in a 20 year deal for $700 million, uh, which, which took effect on the 25th of December. So, 20 years from today, that's when the, the, the deal or the partnership is going to expire. Now, Stadium Naming Right is a very, 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 very lucrative. Um, business models um, which involves an exclusive type of sponsorship and advertising in the sports industry is a way for those within the sports industry to commercialize and exploit um you know so there's there's a lot of funding that that that's needed in the sporting sector into rich funds for you know taking care of the stadiums you know merchandising adverts sponsorship um you know you name it you can use it for event centers as an event center um it it increases also the value which helps increase the value of the intangible asset and also and you, you take a good look at the financial agreement so for instance so for instance um i did see a post recently we said there was a 30 seconds there was a 30 second ad what 6.5 million dollars that will be um <clears throat> published or broadcasted on the 13th of february at an event that will be taking place another benefit that's um the community's image so if the image let's say is in say um somewhere say surulere now in nigeria your the the image of the community would um help in some way when it comes to credibility tourism branding you name it and also acceptance so it brings a lot of people there and the locals will also have to put up their best put their best foot in front at the end of the day um 
uh, and, and yeah that's it for that then things to look out for the range of the rights whether it's image rights use of the name the logo um the venue payments mechanism types of sports so you guys can also check out my friend's book a to z of sports law and business a practical introductory guide sports law and business in nigeria so it's published by olisagbakuba legal check it out it's a very small book but you know fully loaded for those that want to branch into the sports um sector i wanted to notice that naming rights are not only exclusive to the sports industry event event centers for entertainment or e-sports sectors um can also explore naming rights at the end of the day now remember when i said um the copyright infringement is between paparazzi and, and celebrities um um keeps growing and building so and and i've noticed that in, in the three highlights for that, that i've had so far um I've featured one or two cases. Uh, this year, I have another case between Blake Lively. I so much love her. Um, she's currently being sued by a photographer named Robert O'Neill for posting a picture of herself from 2018. Can you imagine? 2018. Um, and then she posted it this year. So three years later, um, sometime in August, on Instagram. And he's saying she did not... Even licensing to even get my permission before posting. Another celebrity that has been sued is Lisa Rina, who is being sued for $1.2 million for posting images of herself, unauthorized pictures of herself and her daughters. I mean, that's crazy. She's been sued by one of the biggest um, um, photographing um, company, that is the Black Grief USA Inc. Like, so I get the point where um photographers can retain copyright in their expression in a tangible form but what happens to the person's privacy did you get my consent first so i mean i think i did talk about i talked about that in my review as well you have a nigerian case where an employee will, whose picture was taken and later her company went into an arrangement with another company and you know had her face on billboards in three different areas in Nigeria, cities in Nigeria, and she wasn't having any of it because people thought she was being paid for having her image out there. So, you know, all of those things. I, But then again, I get the copyright as a way you need my consent to be able to use my copyrighted work. Um, so what I'm going to recommend that I do is that, first of all, if you don't want someone to take a photo of you, please tell them to sit on the seat. So you, you, if you travel by road in Nigeria, you have instances where you, you know you make stops and you have um, photographers want to take pictures of you. I always tell them, please don't take pictures of me because I don't know how I'm going to re- react. I probably just freak out when someone takes a picture of me without actually telling me. Um, then if that person refuses to stop, then you can sue. But then it's really tricky for celebrities, you know, because people always say oh, you put yourself in the public so you deserve everything now and i like to always refer to this naomi campbell case because it gives me so much joy and also the rihanna case with top shop those are like my two go-to cases when i'm talking about photography case and uh, right to privacy data protection and all of those things i always 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 refer to those cases but then the u.s the u.s um jurisdiction has its own format so if your photography or your photograph is not registered you can't go and be suing someone so i'm sure most of this um and, and that's all thanks to Gigi hadid 
who whose um photography kids was so viral last year and also emily i don't want to spoil or mispronounce her name so let me take my time to actually pronounce this name so it's emily raj ratajowski yeah she has a very big copyright case on photography you guys can follow that story it's really really interesting i mean you find out from this case that celebrities also have i mean they need privacy at the end of the day so you take a picture of me and i like it and decide to post it and then you try to use the law to fight me i mean there's really no balance but then let's let's keep it that way and keep moving you get um now 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 if the picture was taken with your consent please sign a release form or a work for hire agreement because copyright grants authorship to the first person who expressed the photo in a fixed or a tangible medium thereby giving them control and exclusive rights over the photo so you know please can i take a picture of you or would you mind taking a picture can i take a picture of you would you like me to publish it or you just tell the person so i'm going to take a picture of you i'm going to put in xyz you know negotiate and the rest of it um you get then case number four is the famous Olutori case against Ebony Life Media, who was accused of copyright infringement of um, the Olutori. So in that case, brief summary, Olutori basically, um, wow. <laughs> so basically, uh, Ebony Life was accused of copyright infringement um, in the story where Tobore claims that the... Um, they had reproduced her life story without her consent and you know there's a whole big drama about that so i did i had to watch the movie to be able to come up with my own opinion about that case because i had a few requests from people who wanted me to actually share my thoughts and views so you can check out the twitter version which is dated 2nd of february 2021 and then you can also check um the podcast version which is um episode <laughs> which is episode if you guys hear my mom's voice in the background please bear with me which is episode um let's see oh my god so let me get that and get back to you guys this um the lottery case is episode 30 yeah episode 30 and i shared my views i know so i did put up a poll and you know i also made reference to the kiki Modi case in re- with regards to giving credits um acknowledgement what intellectual property theft really meant uh i know a lot of people were were for a lot to and that's the, a lot of people were supporting Tobori. I think a lot of people were supporting based on sentiment. But then, um, what I discovered in the course of my research was how I just basically separated each of the issues from IP ownership to IP theft, um, to intellectual property rights that exist, to the like what's life stories and IP work made while you're employed, inspiration against copying, um, you know. Uh, and i also had to explain authorship and ownership when it comes to copyright so you guys should please check out that particular episode uh i mean most of the polls i put up had a lot of i mean high votes 
for instance, a hard one may say, does the fact that Tobor was employed at premium time mean that she had transferred her intellectual property rights that was exclusive to her as an author? Remember I said the Copyright Act, that's the Nigerian Copyright Act. When I'm talking, I'm referring to the Nigerian Copyright Law. Um, the Nigerian Copyright Act Section 10 provides that in the, when Section 10 one says the person who makes, who expresses the work shall, authorship shall vest in the first person who creates the work. Shall means compulsory. Then the exceptions are why you're employed, if there's a contract, or if it's a work for hire, you know, it belongs to the person that employed you or hired you. So, yeah, please check out episode 30. Thank you. <laughs> then, another interesting case that, you know, had to make it to my top IP highlights um, that I found really interesting and was controversial as well was the case of Omotala, Dr. Omotala, trademarking her name Omotala. So she made a post, Omotala is now trademark, and people were like, no, you cannot do that. Omotala is a Yoruba name. You can't own, um, you can't own Yoruba names. You can't own it. That means you're restraining others from bearing the name Yoruba. And I was like, please, you guys, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Out. Yeah. And I just, I had to do another post again. Um... That was dated 19 February 2021. I had to start from explaining what trademark was, what could be trademark, types of trademark, you know. And I asked, so do you think Omotala as a mark means the requirement of being deceased? And 77% said no. That that poll had 111 votes. I mean, guys, that's how controversial it is. And then I asked people, so which of these names do you think is more popular or more sexy or more taller? And 118 votes came in. 78 said almost sexy. That she should have stuck with almost sexy. Why 22 people said Omotala was popular? I mean, Omotala is her first name, you get. And as a celebrity, as a celebrity, you are entitled your name, your image, and likeness can generate money for you. If you don't do it, another person is going to do it, and there's nothing you can do. However, your reputation and goodwill might come in, so you have to be very strategic and smart about it. Benefits I talked about the benefits of registering a trademark as well. Um, so I also talk, I, I, basically, I also have a podcast version of it. I always have, I try to do a podcast in Twitter. Twitter version and also a blog version of all of my conversations. For those that, um, so currently Twitter has been banned in Nigeria. So if you can't read it, read my tweets, you can listen to the podcast. If you can't listen to the podcast, you can read the blog. But then there's a beauty in having access to all of it because one, the informations are always different and relate differently. You get so yeah. So episode thirty two is where you can find, um. The culture of celebrity branding, expectation of their name and likeness in regards to their Motola case. And, and trust me, you guys are actually going to enjoy listening and reading about it. Um, then number six is trademarking of the word Yoruba. That's another interesting and controversial case this year. I mean, the internet was buzzing for a week. God! So if you're interested in the Twitter version, it was posted 30th August um, in celebration of the World Photography Day, which is every 19th of August. Then number 10 is my short review of the Nigerian Plant Variety Act 2021. I also published a podcast version. I'm yet to work on my blog version. 
uh don't know why i guess i'm just being really lazy but the twitter version was published on 21st of december and the and the podcast version was published um 28th of december yeah so it's still pretty recent you guys should check it out let me know i feel this is like a step in the right direction because one nigeria is so blessed with a lot of resources we have enough plants fruit seeds everything my mom is burning so trust me guys as the food basket of the nation i can assure you guys that we have loads of things agricultural wise that we can export instead of keep importing every freaking time we need to do a lot of sensitization the ministry of agriculture needs to do a lot of work there has to be a lot of collaboration all hands needs to be on deck for this to work out because once we begin to take all of this seriously we're not going to be complaining about poverty although the government has a lot to do in terms of security, funding, access to material, education, collaboration, research and development. We have a lot to do. Um, we need a fertile ground in terms of, you know, there's a lot of tribalism going on. There's a lot of religious fight. There's a lot of politics currently affecting our system that we're not focusing on building Nigeria. I mean, we're supposed to be like... We don't get the giant of the of Africa, which is embarrassing. But I, I mean, we're still doing good. But then, statistics keep saying we are going to be amongst the top fastest growing countries in Africa by twenty twenty six. I know a lot of people are also giving up hope at the end of the day, and because of what is happening. Um, but yeah, I I feel this act was in the right direction. The only issue I have with it is the fact that. No one really knew that this was going to be assented to. Um, there was no public hearing. It was like a hush-hush thing and rush-rush thing. Um, I, I feel the, the document should have been more. It should have done it better. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> Let's just keep going on. Right. So, I mean... Two British and owner of an outwear um, retail company called Timbuktu trademarked the word um, Yoruba and had a post registration of culture trees registering Yoruba stars. I mean, culture tree only, you know, brought it to the attention of the internet because someone has stopped her from registering Yoruba stars. I mean, there's actually Yoruba in your mark, in the, the proposed mark to start with. So if someone had not stopped you, they're going to have to register it with that blinking and i was thinking about the yoruba or cultural appropriation so that was a very dicey um conversation i i and i would w- like to i would like to appreciate everyone who tags me on trendy ip cases or trends you know people that reach out to me privately i appreciate you guys um i got tagged on that post a lot and it took me a while to put out my view because it felt like everyone want to talk about the case and i'm not someone that likes to follow the crowd i like to do things at my own pace and time um so yeah yoruba is not for sale we had several conversations about indigenous work cultural appropriation if there are international frameworks that prevent misappropriation or misuse of cultural works um so i have a pot a, a so let me start with the twitter version twitter version was published on the 7th of june 
yeah well while the podcast version was published on the on the thirtieth of June, so that would be episode. <laughs> I keep forgetting, guys. Let's see. That'll be episode forty-four. Oh, I've done a lot. <laughs> Not to brag, but yeah, episode forty-four. Um, so listen to it, and, and I also have a. A blog version of it. I think that was about the same time I started my my blogging. So that was like I think my first um blog post or second blog post. Now I can't re- really remember unless I check it. But you know I've been um I think this this cases so far have been the ones that stood out for me this year. And um, so we are moving on to the next um case we had the 10-year battle between google and oracle where google oracle sued google for copyrights and patent infringement um of copying the 11,330 lines of computer code as well as the way it was organized to create android so this was an an interesting um case i had to bring in an expert to talk to uh, my listeners about it i only have a podcast version about that i had to reach out to, so i was referred to um rick sanders on twitter by um so my, i reached out to mark jaffe mark jaffe referred me to um another lady i'm trying to remember her name and then she referred me to rick and she's like rick has been following this case from the onset just reach out to him and he was gracious enough to you know have this conversation with me despite the time difference you know we just had to fix a time that was comfortable for us and then i made a bit of a ref he did make a bit of a reference to the wahoo case but i did talk about the wahoo case in another case while i was um doing one of my reviews and we talked about how this case had impacted the software industry what are the trends to look out for why the patent claim was dismissed i mean a lot of people are focusing on the copyright aspect but no one realized or most people did not know or most people are not even paying attention to the fact that there was a patent infringement claim as well then we had to talk about the fair use principle and the four guiding factors that the courts the supreme court had used to this come up to their final um decision so you guys can check that out that was published on the same day as the world intellectual property organization day sorry the world intellectual property yeah world ip day world intellectual property day which falls every april 26th yes um for ease of reference let's do this again is of reference now number nine is the case on image rights issue between the between Oluwadami Lola Banire against NTA Star TV Network Limited, which was dismissed at the Court of Appeal in Nigeria, stating that the claim for image rights and thoughts of passing off did not apply because ownership of the copyright in the photograph belongs to Banire's employer, who was virtual media network limited who had gone into a channel licensing agreement with ntas i felt that case was not fair uh, I, I felt the court did not do justice to that because that, that was a good opportunity for the court to like set 
um precedent on that case but the court did not do so and i wonder why i mean i was i would say i was hurt but i expected i guess i expected so much from that case because i got tagged on that case um when it was published by my mentor max max was the one that tagged me on maxi comeback you guys should please check him as also a very good ip lawyer and it lawyer and also a good arbitrator and the current um ICCF um representative from africa so check maxi combi out so i did a podcast version which attacked intellectual property rights that exist and the rights of a photographer um that's um episode 48 you guys can check that out then the, the twitter version was pub okay so i did i didn't do a twitter version in this case what i did was a blog version so just check ip series on sub stack guys that's where you would find the the story about this case So like I said, for ease of, ease of reference, it's episode 36 in my podcast. So you, you can listen to my podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, Radio Public. Yeah, so just put hashtag IP series. The hashtag has to be included. That way it's easy for you to, you know, um, reach, find my post. Then we had lots of fast fashion dispute this year. Featuring Shane, Boohoo, the Kai Collection, um, Hanifa, Pretty Little Things, and Fisaye Longe. Um, you know, the fashion industry is like a very interesting industry. It features um, the same thing, it has like a multi layered protection in form of name, logo, symbols, combination of line, visual appearance of the dresses, accessories, everything. And for someone in the fashion industry, intellectual property plays a very important role. Um, fast fashion is, is said to be a business model based on stealing high fashion. I feel it's not just high fashion because you see high fashion brands stealing low fashion. Let me not call it low, but stealing smaller fashion brands, designs, and manufa- mass manufacturing them and selling them for either lower quality or higher quality um, with only money imaginable cost to people and the planet so this is for those that that focuses on sustainable development in relation to the fashion space you know you're talking about recycling and the rest of it so um the sector takes advantage of the loophole in providing affordable clothing and big brands are not left out in the copying industries i mean no one should be surprised you get fast fashion isn't free someone is definitely paying and thanks to social media and the internet the reproduction of creative work is now easy because of access um list of serial fast fashion brands who have been accused of copying definitely you have pretty little things um you also have Givenchy, Givenchy, who is not also a saint he was accused or they were accused of allegedly copying a black designer's um um zipper motif hat um we also have the case of care collection and boohoo um then there's kim kardashian and misguided there is also old navy by gap against carrie ann roberts over the use of the phrase on the t-shirt raising the future so you see that slogans can also be trademarked on fashion statements so off-white also relied on that as as well 
when she's talking about off-white leaves and then zara i love zara i really love zara you know um um then you have a uh, nasty girl that's another brand i like that <laughs> so balmain missy empire and nasty girl i mean come on asos mm. asos is not so left out from the whole copying of style forever 21 seems like that serial copyright um fast fashion um stealers then we had the iconic versace jungle print Baroque print dress that was copied by fashion no fashion never is another serial copy in the fashion industry so that's a very interesting um episode i also did the, i did a tweet about it on the 20th of april i also went further to publish um i went further to publish the twitter version uh which is episode 37 so i published that may 16th a day before my birthday my bed is may 17th guys please take notes um but <laughs> yeah so i tagged with fast fashion the world of serial copiers interplay with intellectual property so let me know what you guys think about it and if it was worthy of being on my list okay so another um highlight for me was facebook changing its name from facebook to meta um and their purpose for doing that was basically to broaden their reach beyond social media like virtual reality um with the hope of becoming a metaverse company sometime in the future because metaverse is another word that is buzzing and you're seeing seeing a lot of um brands wanting to luxury brand especially wanting to have their own collection um so the process for changing a name or a mark as a name in Nigeria is you have to apply to the registrar um that you want to cancel or change your name or correct something in line with rule eighty six of the trademark regu- regulation uh which provides that you must apply to the trademark registrar in line with section forty sub one um by either um through the registered proprietor or by such person persons by filing form twenty two and you'll be also required to provide the statutory declaration. Apologies. So, Rule 86, 87 also, um, that talks about what I just read. That's um, d- providing the statutory declaration. So, to the buzzing word as to why I had to put this in my head, that was because um, it, it sort of felt like it was a David and Goliath battle where a company called Meta Company accused Facebook of selling their name Meta after they had refused to sell um, the name um, to Facebook because they made the offer that was given to them was very small. Now, my first question was, or to my listeners, is do you think the name and logo are similar in nature? Um, do you think there's going to be a likelihood of confusion when you see Meta for Facebook and the Meta Company? Um, who who is a tech company why facebook is like a social media connecting networking platform um to answer this question i would crave your indulgence to listen to um the podcast version um where i talked about the case of chanel and huawei um over um likelihood of um confusion um in the interlocked um c so you know Chanel is like interlocked double C. So Huawei has 
a similar let me not say similar, already has a logo that looks like it's interlocked but it's not interlocked and i did a, a twitter version on the 30th of april why i did a podcast version on that um on so i published the podcast on the 18th of um june you guys can check it out so that will basically answer your question we are trying to compare if meta company and facebook meta are the same at the end of the day i also talked about opposition um you know so that it's basically just you know check it out then um my next case that so another case that i also referred to was the yellow downfall bag case between um vera amber and olorun shola emmanuel over the design a yellow downfall bus bag um which she herself that vera had um designed in a competition that she participated in so i did a a a, a twitter version of that on the 10th of january which i started by saying so my intro was more like um, ariana grande's song seven rings you want it i want it i got it i want it i got it because emmanuel had basically reached a similar case emmanuel had reached out to vera made an offer she refused and he still went ahead to uh, you know reproduce her bag cheaper quality in i mean it was awful really awful um so yeah and he felt like he was in the red because according to him i already reached out to you and asked for consent it's not like my offer so i went ahead to do you know but in this case it's i think it's a lot different but i hope you guys see where i'm going with this you know so that is case number 11 i mean we're almost wrapping up thankfully i have nine more cases to go but um surprise surprise it turns out that max zuckerberg wife had a company with the name meta since 2015 whereas meta companies started using their name in two, 2016 so you just you just had a lot of controversies are about this when i read i was like hmm are you sure these people did not see the future and like okay let's go and register it and wait for them to come you know but then um you never know We'll see how that pans out because I feel like the case has died down. But I don't think there is any confusion. I just think they're trying to take advantage of, um, you know, the new buzzing word, meta, 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 meta. And besides, that's starting to seem like it's going to be like a generic term or word at the end of the day. I hope not. But yeah, let's move to case number 12. So for case number 12, um it's a rather sad one but I, I did not want to focus on the sad aspect of the story so um the director at louis vuitton louis vuitton and the owner of off-white video abloh um died this year um he he um, i think i'm having difficulty talking about this because no one likes to talk about death, you know. Um, but I guess I basically just want to focus on the IP elements of of 
this story which is how he explored and commercialized his intangible assets so he did a lot of collaboration with notable brands and luxury brands like nike remoa jimmy shoe um he he his brand off-white had an unregistered mark which was a a white signature diagonal stripe motif which contained 15 or 19 stripes we also had quotation marks um around a sans serif capital letters arrow and black and white diagonal line so um i mean i would want people to focus on the ip elements and not the debt i mean he did leave a good mark and i know a, a lot of people were so into off-white as a brand so um he's so rest in peace and yeah <sighs> okay let's move on let's move on Okay, so case 13 is the Dabu's artificial intelligence debate which caused a lot of controversy again because um, so I I want to, I don't want to put this as a white against black case because um, so we had an instance where Omicron was um, was, you know the arrival of Omicron in the continent or in the world was is a an african country that notified the world that oh there's a new variant out there whereas the developed or i don't want to say so-called but then we had you know the other countries who were already aware of it but kept mum because of whatever agenda they had and when south africa you know blew the whistle they just you know reverse engineered the whole thing and was there crying wolf oh africa this and then they were quick to put 13 african countries on the red list i mean seriously guys so this was the same case when the south african um when when a patent for the doubles artificial intelligence intelligence was issued the patent was issued and the uk the us the eu ipo they were all against it's saying a non-human cannot be an inventor. Only Australia said yes, a non-inventor can be an invent an inventor. A non-human can be an inventor. So that is still an ongoing debate. I didn't want to say much because I'm working on on the newsletter version, which I feel will be pub. I I promise I'm going to publish it this week. But I do not think I'll be able to meet up, so I will be postponing whatever pending newsletters I have to next year. Bear with me, guys. It's not easy. I'm really trying my best. Um, but yeah, the Dabu's AI case, the Dabu's artificial intelligence case, made it to number thirteen. So number fourteen, um. It's like a project I, I I'm not excited to see it go, but then I guess they've you know checked everything and they've decided okay I think this is the best route to take. So the World Intellectual Property Organization WIPO um in their publication stated that they would be discontinuing the WIPO proof project that was created as a trusted digital evidence for intellectual property assets effective from first of February twenty twenty two. Ah. When I saw that, I was like, oh, gosh, what happened? Because it seemed like a very good project and being championed by one of the 
best intellectual property organization in the world but i guess they have their reason so we're moving on to number 15 which is the nigerian copyrights bill public hearing um which was held sometime in october i think i mean that brings hope to creatives and uh, intellectual property prof- um, practitioners like me because i know while i was doing my phd in, in apologies <laughs> i'm not done my phd guys okay i think i'm speaking into the uh, manifesting right now so yeah while i was doing my masters uh at the university of derby uh, i think that was towards the end of my stay um we did see a publication asking people to you know send in comments about a copyright bill i mean there was so much excitement that was in 2015 guys 2014 2015 now we're in 2022 and we are doing another review public hearing hoping for the best so they had like a technical meeting in october then they also had a public hearing um in abuja i couldn't attend that because i stay in port harcourt um and I, I guess the notice was a bit short for me as well so i really couldn't participate but now fingers crossed we're hoping that buari the buari government signs that into the law because there are a lot of new um innovations that i, I feel will cure some ip related disputes in the digital age so we're looking forward to that bill being passed um at least you can tackle some of the issues we are having currently um in nigeria so my 16th ip highlight for 2021 is the fizz drink sound mark that failed to be registered so in july 2021 the european court of luxembourg ruled that the fizz sound of a drink followed by several seconds of fizzing can't be trademarked an adag metal beverage holding had applied to the euip that's the european intellectual property office to register the noise made by its fizzing drink but it was rejected so they they had to reappeal um, appeal that um rejection so now you know that applying to trademark you can trademark a name a sign logo symbol sound color smell boy you have to meet the basic requirement of it being um distinctive enough so under a nigerian trademark there's a provision that um there's a provision that you can write to the registrar to seek their um view as to whether or not your mark meets the basic requirement i don't know how many clients will be patient and not because writing a trademark alone is a hassle and i always tell my clients if you're going to do that please exercise patience with me it's a long waiting game so i i appreciate if you guys would just you know be patient with me now another beautiful thing and function of trademark is that it's considered to be a source origin, making it easy for the customers or consumers to be able to recognize it without even getting confused. Um, so they are applied to the, the European General Courts who agree with the decision of the EU IPO, stating that a sound mark must have certain resonance which enables the target consumers to perceive it as a trademark and not as a function or all element, all element or as an indicator without inherent characteristics now take note that registering a sound mark like every other mark is not an easy fit because the assessment assessment focuses more on the distinctiveness test sounds are considered to be non-traditional marks that can be a trademark it can be registered and protected in the territory the owner wants to 
but you must meet that test it is very important that you pass that first test where you fail just got let it go let it go let it go okay number 17 so 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 number 17 is the black tiktok strike um so this 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 happened um within the Juneteenth period where content creators and tiktok influencers who were of black origin refused to put out that content calling out the social media platform um from actually acknowledging them and also their co their other colleagues who were white um, for for cultural appropriation of their work on the app, so you you find that a viral TikTok dance will go out there. So for instance, the Savage remix, um, Cardi B's up and up and up and uh, you know, and then a white girl will come and do her own verse, and then she goes viral. We're even getting invited to shows like Jimmy Jimmy Fallon show to come and perform Ellen DeGeneres, and all those things, and we're getting paid. Meanwhile, the blacks. Um, the TikTok influencers who are of black origin were not being appreciated, so they're like, nah, 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 we ain't having any of this anymore. And then, you know, we went on break. <laughs> Actually, went on break. Uh, so I did a a, a a blog post about this. I think that was like my second, no, that's like my third post. So you guys can just check it. Like I said, I hashtag IP series on, on Substack and read my view on IP protection for dance. I even, you know, attended a, a series of um, webinars um, who talked about dance protection um, of um, protection of dances as an, as, a, as an intellectual property. So there's a word for it. I'm trying to remember. Just give me two seconds, guys. Reading, breathe out, reading, breathe out, breathe. Okay, when I remember, I'll just mention it, but yeah. Okay, so um, there was a recent update after I made that publication with regards to black content creators and dancers and their intellectual property um, with the help of Logitech and award-winning choreographer Jacqueline Knight, who got copyrights for five other creators who were uh, Young Deji, who is the creator of the World Dance, Fallout Quartzland, creator of the Doja's Cats, say so why don't you say so didn't have to know that okay we're not karaoke right now but yeah um it was performed at the 2020 billboard music award then the nene twins creator of the dance to um megan the stallion savage ah, remix yaddy 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 featuring beyonce you know yeah we had chloe Annon for salute legend choreographed for syncopated ladies and then Maya Johnson and Chris Cutter, creators of the up dance to Cardi B's single. And it's up and it's up and it's up and it's down. First of all, the Savage Charlene TikTok TikToker Kira Wilson earns her copyright thanks to Jacku night and logic tech so yeah people are you know, beginning to see the ad the effect of social media platforms where copyrighted was originality is being taken for granted misappropriation you know all those conversations has to build up and we don't have people get tense when these conversations are ongoing then we have number 18 call me what you want call me what you need Money, now the famous Satan shooter 
quite a lot of controversies we had churches making sermons and the rest of it so this is the case between nike and mischief now mischief is known for doing mischievous things <laughs> let's just put it that way so in march 2021 nike sued mischief for unauthorizes of their logo on the 666 pairs of the satan shoes made in collaboration with lil nas over the release of his song montera call me by your name so you know when that case happened i I think i always freak out when um things like this are being debated so i know when the whole illuminati conversation started i loved this Chris Barrow song, what's it called? Falling Angel. I stopped singing. I deleted it from my phone. Disturbia, the same thing. And I was like, nah. Nah, I listen to Disturbia and I'm not freaked. Same thing with Falling. I mean, I, I love them both. I mean, when this song came out, I would not even dance or bob to it. I wouldn't bob my head to it. But now I'm over it. I'm like, F it. You know? So... Um, yeah, that, that, that was a very controversial case. Um, however, the interesting thing is alternative resolution came to save the day. Parties went to court, but they ended up settling out of court, which is like the beauty of arbitrations. Parties still are still friends. Um, nobody's like, oh, you're my enemy, don't cross this boundary, blah, 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 you know. But they did come to an agreement that, um... They were going to actually refund money to those who volunteered to return the sneakers in a voluntary recall. Um, and, and, you know, Montera has gone ahead to, you know, be a viral sensation. I mean, that was like a good stunt from Lil Nas. So, yeah, I think we're almost rounding up now. No, I think we are rounding up. We're going to number 19. So, our number 19 case today is the CBN against the E-Naira Limited case, where CBN decided they are going to lose their own E-Naira, their own digital currency, and then this company named E-Naira Limited. And first of all, guys, why would you even call your company E-Naira? You, you do not have respect for your country. Like, seriously, fam, why would you even do that? So, I, I think I'm ranting. I'm taking deep breath. Okay, I'm done. So basically, first of all, whoever helped you register that was in the wrong. And secondly, challenging a, a, a government agency for, you know, being trying to be proactive wasn't, I don't think it was the smartest move ever, you get, you know. But I guess it's one of the things that happened. Um, but yeah, that was another very controversial one. People were like, Oh, why would CBN do this? This or that was well, another way for the Nigerian government to siphon money from its people. You know, the conversation just kept going and going and going. Ah, I did not really want to weigh into it because I felt like I did not. I, I think I felt, no, I think I did not really understand the case so much. So I had to take my time. I like to take my time, I don't like to rush. Um, especially when I know that um I have a few people who are counting on on my <laughs> people who are counting on my opinion as an individual so I would not want to mislead anyone. So I even had my mentees also ask me questions about that and 
I had to, you know, refer them to a comment by a colleague. So we applied the first to file principle in Nigeria. That is correct. But then Naira is on the exclusive list in our constitution. E is a generic word. Naira is, you know, it's too descriptive because Naira is our currency. Why would you even do that? You get? And um, on the other hand, the company itself does not even have a full registration of the mark. Um, the IP lawyer should have advised him. I mean, not even the IP. I mean, from the moment you said you're going to register E Naira as a company, your lawyer should have told you, nah, man. Then you now went for that to say, oh, you're going to do a trademark. You don't even have a trademark registration. So your acknowledgement or acceptance does not qualify as a proper um, registration. You're still in the process of registering. So, which is why I don't like to debate when it comes to costs. So, if I bill you for registration, I'm billing you for everything. If you feel, oh, you got a cheap off, I know that you're not getting your certificate at the end of the day. And that is going to be a sad one for you. Um, anybody can oppose the registration of a mark. Like, I, I, read, and I, I said that before. Um, yeah, the proprietor or person, certain persons can apply for that. Um... So yeah, that's on that for the e that on the inner. I, I I feel this is like a classic case of an IP trust one that went ahead to sit and wait to take advantage of that feeling that oh it's like it's like what cyber squatters do they register your domain name and they wait for you to want to register like we had the the Nigerian Airways issue some years ago and trying to take advantage of an IP owner who for worries or they failed to register their trademark or are reluctant or whatever so we had a case that that was that happened and that this is this happened in india anyway between sony and a guy called hitesh aswani over ps5 so a man from delhi india i mean october 2019 applied to trademark the word ps5 thereby preventing they prevented sony from releasing ps5 in india in 2020 because of the territorial nature of um, intellectual property However, parties opted to settle out of court and Hitesh discontinues his registration. So if you follow the Twitter version of this IP, I posted a picture of the discontinuation of registration of the word PS5. But that was a huge stumbling block to Sony because when they wanted to, you know, launch in, in India and they found out that, oh, they couldn't do that because one had putting an application an application to register ps5 so that was like it put a hold on their their release but that was thankfully set to <laughs> trust me guys the number 20 today <sighs> anyway hmm. okay let's let's just head into number 20 but i hope so far you guys have enjoyed my highlights if you haven't I'm so sorry. If you have, please tell me your favorite, favorite, favorite highlight for 2021 um, in the comment section while we go and chill for the last one. Ha! You want to chill with the big boys? So this is this this song. If you're in Nigeria, you will definitely know this hype, hype man song by Goya Meno. A Nigerian hype man called Goya Meno and Ghanaian record producer Nectunes. Um... I mean, it's like it's like the dirty December song. It's like last year when we had party after party. Now this year is you wanna chill with the big bird. 
are you the wrong category? Okay, okay. I'll just stop here so that my my content is not taken down from Spotify because that would hurt my feelings, guys. But yeah, um, so few days ago, um, a day to Christmas, we just saw a post that Spotify had taken down, um. Ameno Amapiano remix by Hype Mango Yameno and Ghanaian record producer Neptune saying they had sampled Ameno Ameno. I stopped there. <laughs> it's a song owned by French New Age Musical Project Era. And people were like, ah, dirty December. It's not going to be dirty again. You get, but I, I think a lot of people were losing focus on the fact that someone had used another person's creative content without a license, without authorization, without permission. Those are like the basics, man. That's like the basics you can't do without that, fam. So the interesting thing about this case is the fact that it's it's kind of has different elements to it, from fair use. Um, to getting licensing to understanding authorship and authorization and ownership you know so first of all uh, if as an artist i know i did mention that in my last years hi i talked about sync license so maybe when you started using um ameno ameno you did not know that it was going to be a viral sensation but from the moment he started to get to that point the f- i think the best strategy would have been to reach out and say oh i did this for private use i didn't know it was going to turn out this way and then it became a viral sensation this is what i uh, i would like for us to you know do i'd like to get a proper license and authorization for a written or written and signed by parties so you have issues as to sampling and remixes mashups and the rest of it sampling involves you taking part of an existing sound recording and incorporating it into a new or for instance you know amen sound recording could be re-recording um a piano line a guitar riff um what else yeah so when you when you sample those things you when you're going to sample you also need to know that you need consent from the person so like i mentioned in Nicki minaj and tracy chapman case Nicki sampled tracy chapman's song without her consent a remix basically involves taking an existing sound recording and adding changing and removing sound to make a new version of the work so which, which is like the case of the ameno and my piano remix you get whereas a mashup is combination of two or more samples of sound recording into a new work interpolation involves taking part of an existing musical work as opposed to a sound recording and incorporating it into a new work why sometimes it is confused with sampling a sound recording interpolating a music work is different because it does not involve using any of the actual audio sounds contained in a pre-existing recording instead new audio is recorded but that's not the case here that is not the case here um i hope we i mean with this um definition we've understood what i've mentioned and talked about in relation to um this case so people understand it better fair use defense will not save you 
if you sample someone else's song without clearing all the rights so when clearing the rights you need to determine who owns who owns who is the owner who is the author there's a difference um if in, the, in case you decide to just sample a copyright so make sure you clear all the rights get the permission in writing not oral oh them say make a user not him make an awiri laila you um if you sought permission like Nicki Minaj did and they refused it does not still give you the right to go ahead and reproduce the song distribute it and communicate it to the public because those are exclusive rights for IP owners so they have the right to um sell to assign to license to um perform in public to communicate it to the public to distribute it to the public to reproduce the song they have economic right to earn money from it they have moral rights as to how the work will be used at the end of the day so basically the act of using an unclear song is an infringement so you've copied you've committed an infringement and you can be sued for several millions of dollars and this is where cross-border dispute comes into place especially now in this digital era where it's easy for a song let me not say it's easy where you can't really predict which song is going to go viral and which song is not going to go viral especially when you're using um um short video um formats you know to you know cram all of your creativity under 60 seconds um i i made reference to that Nicki minaj because you guys should really check it out i did that with mark jaffe let me refer you guys to the episode again for those that um didn't get it the first time that particular episode was um that was episode give me a minute so the thin line between fair dealing sampling and copyright infringement is episode 16 or my podcast or 16 or 14 one of them but it's best for you guys to you know do your research make sure that you're not found wanting in the u.s what they have what is called the um fair dealing principle where we apply the fair use principle in nigeria um understand the difference between interpolating um sampling covers interpolation sampling covers uh mashups licensing you need to know those words or terminologies that are um common within the industry understand also the business aspect of um copyrighted work if you're in the entertainment industry copyright it's it's like your go-to um law at the end of the day fair use will not save you um 2019 we had the case of tiwa savage song which was taken down by youtube over the song one by danny young who claimed that she she had copyrighted his single oju tiwan um but at the end of the day it was you know brought back online again and again um ignorance is not an excuse infringement of any form of intellectual property is a grave sin i hope going forward we begin to take um we begin to take intellectual property seriously we begin to respect intellectual property in nigeria um from all of the cases 20 cases uh my highlights for this year that i've cited i hope we learn something new i hope we do things differently i hope people begin to take um copyrights more seriously abroad i hope not abroad in nigeria basically um everyone needs to be in the know of how intellectual property interfaces with um their sectors so 
yeah, as I said, I have a news, not news, but basically, um, my IP news for today is that we have the, the World IP Day has been fixed again. It's consistent, but then, um, this year, the theme for this year is, the theme for this year is IP and Youth Innovating for a Better Future. So tag me on your World IP Day event. I will be organizing one with the Intellectual Property Society of Nigeria in collaboration with um, Tech Tech Hive Advisory. Um. And so we've come to the end of our 2021 IP series highlights for the year. I hope you guys had fun listening to this um if you would like to join me in next year's ip highlights um, review to send me an email to ipseriesinfo at gmail.com and yeah compliments of the season and see you guys in my next episode Mwah.